Welcome. So glad that you're here today. I, I want to welcome you to the 1045 service. We um, greatly love you being here at 1045. Well, okay, somebody correct me. This is the 1030 service, right? But most of you got here at 1045, all right? Very different than when I first got up here to welcome. We're just glad that you're here. We're in the middle of this series on building us up and encouraging one another. I want to put last week's memory verse up here, and I'll be the first to go ahead and go and to quote this, and we'll see if I do okay. Uh, I remembered these things in King James, so you get to it, it gets a little bit different. But let's see how I do. Let no unwholesome word come from your mouth, but only what is good for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Was that close? Close enough? Y'all Church of Grace? It's a great verse because you could use that as a filter for everything you say. But I want to zero just in on one phrase right now that's so challenging. He says, you use these words that build up. Only, you only say what is good for building up. Can you imagine if in our lives... That was the filter we live from. I'm not going to say anything that tears down. I'm only going to use words that build up. Now, we know that's so needed because, um, you know, last week we worked on this top of anxiety, or two weeks ago, actually, you filled these cards out, and, and we got a big stack here of people saying, you know what, I deal with anxiety. And then last week we found out that One of the prescriptions in Scripture for anxiety is for us to encourage each other. That I could actually help lift your anxiety. You could help lift my anxiety if we would say the right word at the right time. Now, here's what we're going to find out today. Encouragement can do so much more. It it reminds me of, of aspirin, which is called the wonder drug. Ever read much about aspirin? 1897, a German company named Bayer, actually a Jewish man, uh, discovered aspirin. It had been something used a little bit as a herb, but he, he took it and made it into pill form. It's interesting that in World War II, uh, they took off from their records at Bayer aspirin that he was Jewish, never really added it back. But the thing is, it, it had a initial... Let me screw this thing in a little bit better, all right? Are y'all awake? Good. So, it, it had initial prescription. You know that you use aspirin for aches and pains and fever. But you and I all know that there's so many other uses for aspirin. You know, many of us take a low dose for our heart. Uh, it, can, it can help with people with lupus. If you have inflammation around your heart, it can take it down. But there's some other just extremely surprising uses that I researched this week. If you mix aspirin with your shampoo, it can actually take away your dandruff. Cool? If you make aspirin into a paste, you can use it for treating acne. It can soothe bug bites. It can actually remove stains, sweat stains, nicotine stains, grass stains. And if you put that paste and watered it into your garden, it would actually make your plants grow at a faster rate and prevent fungus. No wonder it's called the miracle drug, right? 
And so I do want you to know that we'll be selling Landmark Aspirin in the lobby as soon as you walk out of here because this stuff is good. But here's what I'm trying to say to you today is we have a spiritual wonder drug that's much more important, and we call that encouragement. And I want to just go through scriptures this morning that tell you actually what this prescription can do for you. I've been blown away by all the Bible has to say about encouragement. Let's go back to a passage we looked at last week. It not only mentions anxiety, it also mentions depression. Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Having a hard time hanging in there and not giving up, it will give you perseverance. Here's what Barnabas did when he arrived in Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of what the grace of God had done, he was glad, and he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. You see, the, the word encouragement means literally to put courage in. And when we start waning and wanting to quit, we can help each other. How about building your faith? Here's what Paul did with Timothy. We sent Timothy, who's our brother and co-worker in God's service, in the spreading of the gospel of Christ. Here's what he's going to do to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. We can actually help each other have a stronger trust and faith in God. And then how about you're struggling with timidity to stand up where you work, to stand up on the ball team you play on, to be Christ-like. Listen to what he says in 1 Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we urge you and warn you who are lazy and encourage those who are timid. You say, how does that work? Well, remember, the meaning of the word encourage is to put courage in. And if I'm timid in stepping out and you say the right words to me, you will give me the courage to do that. And then how about this one? It'll help us with self-control. Paul says, similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. What does encouragement have to do with me saying no to bad things and yes to good things and not just doing things on the spur of the moment? Let me explain it this way. I think you'll appreciate this. I would. Um, Let's say after tonight's service, you're here and you say, buddy, I would really love to take you and Stephanie out to eat. I mean, you've had a long day. You've preached three times. We've been wanting to be with you guys. So we love Sausalitas. Here you guys like that. Let's go to Sausalitas. Well, more than likely, I'm going. But how about if before the evening service, I had been to Outback and I had got an awesome blossom. I'd gotten a 25-ounce steak. I'd gotten a baked potato loaded with a salad on the side, and we even got dessert. So now when you tempt me with salsaritas, it's easy for me to say, I'm sorry, man, we'd love to go. But I am already what? Full. I'm full, guys. I I really can't. And guys, that's what happens when Satan tempts you. If you're empty, if you're not feeding yourself, if we're not feeding each other and Satan dangles that in front of me, man, I go for it. But if I'm full, I can say no. In fact, here's the main passage from this morning that I think is just so powerful and surprising. Encouragement helps us in our battle with sin. I mean, first of all, look at verse 12, Hebrews chapter 3. Now, understand this while we're reading this. The book of Hebrews is written to some young Jewish Christians who are all fired up when they join the faith, 
They're now tired. They're discouraging. They're, they're discouraged. They're, they're starting to skip church. And, and they're actually tempted to go back into life without faith and full of sin. I mean, that's what he says in verse 12. See to it. That's a pretty strong imperative. See to it. Do something about this, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now, stop there for just a second. If someone walked up to you or me and said, okay, buddy, I'm struggling with this sin. I need the prescription to overcome it. I'm sorry to tell you this would not be my prescription. I would say you need to confess it. I would say you need to go to somebody about it. I would say you need some accountability. You need to pray about it every day. And guys, all of those things are part of the prescription. But the part that I would normally leave out, I'm afraid we would normally leave out, is what he says in verse 13. Here's the prescription. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The writer says, if we really want to help each other, we encourage each other. Now, answer this question, not a true question. How often are we supposed to do this? You guys are really struggling today. Every day, say it with me. Every day. And he, he emphasizes that in the weirdest way. He says, encourage each other as long as it's called today. Encourage each other daily as long as it's called today. How often is today called today? Every day. So guys, when we talk about this, this is not something we should be chintzy with. If we want to keep each other protected from Satan's schemes, then we daily encourage each other. Now, let's be honest, though. We struggle with this. There, there are some natural encouragers. I can see them in the room. It just flows out. For some of us, it just doesn't quite come out. But here's what I want you to know. God is not going to command you to do something. And these are not suggestions here, guys. These are commands. You can't say, oh, you know, that's not my spiritual gift. I don't have to do it. No, we, we all need to be a part of this. And if God commands you to do something, he will always equip you to do it. Now, I've been surveying the church over the last few weeks, different small groups, and what holds us back? And, and we've come up with, with eight. And I'm going to go through those eight. You can see on your, your message outline, there's a place for you to write three, because I'm sure all don't apply to you. But as I go through these eight, I'd like you to write down the ones that affect you, okay? Let's go through them quick, then we'll talk about it. Number one. I'm scared of saying the wrong thing. You know, I'd I like to say it, but it probably is going to come out wrong. Number two, my words will not undo the situation. No matter what I say, they're still going to have a problem. Uh, number three, I assume someone else will do it. Here's a really big one I've heard. Number four, I'm afraid it will come across as fake. Number five, similar, I, I'm afraid it will sound patronizing, like I'm looking down on somebody and I think I'm better. Number six scares me. I don't like acknowledging someone else has impacted me. Number seven, I think this is a pretty popular one. Encouragement is hard for me to accept. I don't accept it very well. It makes me uncomfortable when someone comes up to me that way, and so I don't do it. And then number eight, I think this is a pretty honest one. I'm just too lazy. You know, it takes a little bit of effort. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to 
to search with me for what is the lie behind this excuse, okay? Now, what makes this challenging is in most of these excuses, there is an element of truth. Could you say something in a wrong way? Yes. Uh, a point that stood out in my mind for, for a while was when I was graduating the University of Alabama, about to move to Landmark to be uh, the youth minister, uh, I was cleaning my apartment out. It was the last day I was going to be in Tuscaloosa. And the guy that I'd known all four years of college that I had a lot of in encounters with called me. He said, buddy, I, I just want to call you. I know you're about to leave. And I just want to tell you, you know, you've had a great impact on the campus ministry. I know you've done a good job as youth ministry. And I just, I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you. My, that was awesome. Until he said, could you sign up to be under me with Amway? <laughs> Anybody remember that? It's just like, dude, you, you never said those words to me. You're manipulating me to come to this point where I would join Amway. Sorry for any of you who joined Amway. I'd join Amway. So you, you could. But let's just go through. I'm going to hit on some of, the, some of these excuses. I, I like what the African-American preacher said years ago, uh, uh, an excuse is just a dressed-up lie. And, and there's some lies involved here that I want you to confront about whatever your excuses are. Like that first one, I'm scared of saying the wrong thing. I like what the famous writer Philip Yancey said in his book, Disappointment with God. He said, even if you say the wrong thing, that will mean more to that person than say nothing because it shows you care. Because if, if, if we're talking about having the perfect words, you're not going to have that. But that's not what means some, to someone. It's, it's the effort. If you walk up to me and you encourage me and I can tell it's not natural and you're sort of fumbling around, and I'm telling you that probably is going to mean more to me than the person who just naturally lets it flow. So, so hey, Say something means much more than just saying the wrong thing. Number two, my words will not undo the situation. Because they're not meant to undo the situation. Encouragement is meant to give you strength to go through the situation. Uh, how about, I assume someone else will do it. Let me just say this plainly, that is an awful bad assumption. If all of us gather here this morning thinking someone else is really going to do this, it probably will not happen. How about if all of us decide to do it? Would it do any damage if someone walked out of these doors with three or four different words of encouragement? How, how about this one? I don't like acknowledging someone else has impacted me. Now, I just got to be blunt about this one. This one is full of pride. That I can't admit that you have really changed my life? That I want to be that much in control? I mean, I've got one word for this one. is repent. That's just wrong. God put you in a church family so that people would impact you and you would impact them. And how about, it's just hard for me to accept it. I, I understand this one a little bit. Because... I tend, when someone encourages me, to discount it. Like, if you say, man, that was a really great message, I'm going to say, well, you know, the Lord gave it to me about Tuesday. I mean, it's like, it may be true. 
Or if you were to come up to me today and compliment this sport coat, I would be tempted to say, you know what, I mean, I, I like it, but it was on clearance at Steinmark, and I bought this thing for $50. So what do you say when someone just lays it on you? Two simple words. Thank you. That's all you got to say. Thank you. That meant something to me. I appreciate it. Thank you. So don't worry about what you're going to say. So you can go through all of these and go, wow, these are challenging, but there's a lie between every one of, behind every one of them. And here's the challenge for us is we've got to believe the truth of God's Word. The truth, I mean, we looked at a lot of passages today. The truth of God's Word is that this is a big deal and that you could have an impact on someone that could dramatically change the direction of someone's life. In fact, one of our life group exercises last week and this week is to remember back even decades ago something that was said to you that changed you. I remember mine, it was in 1985. I'm a sophomore in college, 19 years old. Church across town wanted a youth minister, so they asked the campus ministry to, um, to, act, to get some guys to apply. So three of us applied. I was barely a sophomore. The other two that applied were seniors. And I remember being in the old university church building in the classroom slash office, standing there and people were talking about this. And one of the elders' wives, Marie Sanders, looked up and she said, come on, buddy, we all know who's going to get the job. I said, well, who is? She said, it's you. It's obvious. You're the one for this job. And I got it. And I still remember that because I thought, I'm not qualified. And you've got that memory in your life. When, when, when someone has just said something to you that changed you. So today we want to learn how to do this better. I mean, you have seen all the different things this prescription fits. And, and today the major thing I'm trying to bring you and I to is just simply a decision. But I want to show you where we're going the next few weeks as we learn how to build each other up. I'm going to start with my blocks here. My buddy George, my grandson's going to help me. George, would you get the D block for me? We start with the block that says D, which is decide. The truth is we are never going to make any progress until we just decide that we're going to do this. It's a matter of obedience. Come on and bring the L up. The L is my favorite. This is what we talk about next week. It is look and listen. Watch people for good things in their life. Listen for good things and tell them. George, you are quick. Thank you. They appreciate you because they think you're Russian grandbuddy. I appreciate that. All right. The I stands for include, which is all about nonverbal encouragement and that, that you just you invite somebody out to lunch today. Man, that encourages people. You have someone in your home. And then... You use a lot of uplifting words. We just stop being chintzy. We think of those words that need to be said, and we just, we stop holding back. One thing I've heard last, all last week is, I think these things about people, I just don't say it. Here, here's the most flimsy excuse. I didn't even hit on this one yet. I don't want to give them the big head. And, and we do a dumb thing when we say, I want to tell you this, I really appreciate this about you, but I don't want you to have the big head. My goodness, the way this world is today, I don't think any of us are tempted to have the big head, okay? I mean, just give the compliment. Just say it. And that brings us to the top, which is just be positive. 
in this world of negativity, in the world where everything is going the wrong direction, where if you look at the news or you listen to sports or you listen to everything, we believe it's our job to critique everybody. And so instead of looking for the good, we look for the bad. It's so much easier, so much more natural today. But listen to me, listen closely to me. When you say the good, you make a difference. I mean, when you... You see, because if you look at my life long enough, let me, let me tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see some really good things, and you're going to see some really bad things. And it's just like dealing with your children. You want to change your children? I'm not saying there's not a part for negativity. I'm not saying there's no role for criticism. I'm not saying there's no role for rebuke. The Bible teaches it. But primarily, the word should be encouraging. And if your child is misbehaving, you are going to do better with lots of words of encouragement than only words of negativity. If they finally hit the ball on the baseball field and they've been playing all year and struck out every time, you don't keep saying, man, look how many times you struck out. You go, whoa, man, you hit it. That's awesome. That's how people change. And so we learn to be positive. So let's bring this thing to a close. The key here that you can see is the D. We're not going to get anywhere today unless we get to the D. Because if you don't decide, then you're not going to do the other things. And I really, I think one of the point of preaching, if I can be honest with you, because I'm about to be pretty blunt with you, all right? One of the points of preaching is to bring people to decision. Because you could walk out here and say, man, that's cool, man. I love your blocks. That's a great sermon. Boy, we needed to hear this. And you're not encouraging anybody. Listen, I'll tell you how bad it is. I can preach this and not do it. So everybody look in your lifelines. I want you to get the little card out there called Be a Builder. If you don't have it, you just need to get up and go to the lobby right now and get you one, okay? Because this is where we need to go. Now, this is what it's coming down to. Are we going to obey God or not? All right? And so this card helps us come to that decision. And there's two boxes you can check. Here's the choice, guys. I wish I could make it more complicated. I wish there was an in-between choice, but there's not. Either I've decided to obey God and grow as an encourager, or, hold on for a second with me, I have decided to not obey God and grow as an encourager. See, guys, I am so fired up about us making progress on this. I think we could make such an incredible difference. I mean, don't trust me. Trust what God's Word has told you. All those different things that this prescription would help with. So first of all, I want you to come to a decision. And this, is, this calls for you to be bluntly honest with yourself. Are you really going to grow in this? Or are you just going to go, thank you for the sermon series, buddy, but I'm not really going to pay attention. So, so check. And, and if you say yes, it would help you, it would help me to put somebody you're going to encourage. So I can think of someone right now that I need to be extremely encouraged. And then just to make this actually mean something, sign your name on the bottom. Just put your name down there. Now here's what we're going to do. We're about to sing this incredible song of invitation. It's going to talk about who God says we are because that's, that's really beyond what I've talked about. 
It's what Jeremy talked about in communion. I'm a child of God. You know, you really can't give something you don't have, but here's the deal. If you will believe the encouraging words that God has said to you in your wor- His Word, I'm not going to be dependent on you. I'm just going to be able to give it. So what we're going to do as we sing this song is I want to just encourage you, fill this out. And again, if you've got to go to the lobby while we sing and get this, do it. If you've got to go find a pen, do it. You can move around. But we got this stack of cards for anxiety. Pretty nice stack. We, we could add depression. We could have added sin. We could add, we could make a really big stack. Our goal today is that we're going to build a bigger stack because we got lots of issues. But we are going to have more encouragers. Amen? Wouldn't that be something? I mean, what could God do? I, I want to read you one passage real quickly here uh, that's just so powerful. 2 Samuel chapter 19, verse 7. This, this is a bad point in David's life. Uh, David's son Absalom, who had rebelled against David, tried to take his father's kingship away from him. Talking about terrible. Gets this long hair caught in a tree, and Joab the general stabs him, and he dies. Well, you can imagine that David has gone into mourning. But he has so isolated himself that he has never said thank you. He has never encouraged the people that saved his life. And people are getting discouraged. Listen, listen to what um, Joab says to him. Almost just like Hebrews said to us. Now go out and encourage your men. I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will be left with you by nightfall. This will be worse for you than all the calamities that you have come on you from your youth till now. What's he saying to David? If you don't get your duff out of your room and go say thank you, if you don't encourage the people who actually support you and love you, if you don't say this encouraging word, they're leaving. And guys, here's what I think we need to be careful for. If we don't fill this place with encouraging words, people are going to leave because people need it. And they can go anywhere in this town and get the negativity. And they can change any channel and go, oh my goodness, everything stinks and everything's bad and I'm not a very good person. And Satan's going to definitely lie to them about themselves. But if we could be the place, I'm talking about beyond a normal average church. I don't have any desire to be a part of a normal average church. A church where we just, we look for it and we say it and I walk out of these doors And I've got more self-control. I'm less tempted by sin. My depression's better. My anxiety's better because we build each other. That's what we could do. Isn't that exciting? But right now, we've got to have a decision. So please, let's make this stack much bigger. Let's stand. Let's sing. Let's think about how good God's been to us. And let's decide and let's go for it. Let's sing together.